For months, a number of Federal Reserve policymakers have been insisting that the ongoing surge in inflation in America is merely transitory. The notion is that inflation will soon return close to our central bank's 2% target. But global supply chains remain in disarray. Shortages of goods remain rampant and in some instances continue to expand. Transportation costs have also been surging. The upshot has been that the price of food and many other household items continues to climb. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, consumer prices were 5.3% higher in August than they were a year prior. That is nowhere close to the Federal Reserve's 2% target. Nonetheless, the view that the burst of inflation is merely temporary remains firmly in place. Still, there are some indications that Federal Reserve policymakers are beginning to believe that higher-than-normal inflation will remain in place longer than they had previously anticipated. A year ago, long before many supply bottlenecks emerged, Federal Reserve officials were predicting that inflation in 2022 would be in the range of 1.8%. That's a bit below the Federal Reserve's target. But as indicated by writer Greg Ipp, inflation expectations have been edging higher, and the new forecast for next year's inflation is 2.3%. For WIPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. There are quite a few policymakers in Washington, D.C. and elsewhere who would like to see wealthier Americans pay more in taxes. White House economists recently published an analysis that endeavors to indicate the gap between the tax rate that everyday Americans face and what the richest owe on their vast holdings. As indicated by writer Jim Tankersley, the analysis indicates that the wealthiest 400 households in America, those with a net worth ranging from around $2 billion to around $160 billion, pay an effective federal income tax rate of just over 8% per year on average. White House economists base their estimates upon a number of data sources, including the Internal Revenue Service and the Federal Reserve's Survey of Consumer Finances. The White House's calculation of what the wealthiest pay in taxes is well below what other analysts have determined. The difference comes from the decision by White House economists to count the rising value of wealthy Americans' stock portfolios, which is not taxed on an annual basis as income. The report found that between 2010 and 2018, the top 400 households earned a combined $1.8 trillion and paid an estimated $149 billion in federal income taxes. If you do the math, that comes out to around 8.3%. For WIPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. Through the second quarter of this year, household wealth in America had never been greater. That may seem strange, given that the pandemic has cost us millions of jobs and shrunk the labor force. But expansions in home prices and stock valuations have produced considerable new wealth. According to data from Bank of America, stock market holdings now comprise approximately half of the more than $109 trillion of financial assets that households owned through the second quarter. As indicated by CNBC, other than stocks, financial assets encompass bonds, bonds, cash, certificates of deposit, and bank deposits. Bank of America analysts note that the share of financial assets comprised by stock ownership is at a 70-year high. While that represents great news for individuals who own stocks, there are many who think that this also indicates a stock market bubble. Through September, the S&P 500, a popular measure of stock market performance, was up 15% for the year. Robust corporate earnings growth has helped, but so too has friendly monetary and fiscal policy coming out of Washington, D.C. The Federal Reserve has successfully kept interest rates low. Unable to generate much income by investing in bonds, many Americans have poured money into stocks, helping to push those prices higher. 
for WYPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. For much of this year and last, the world's top central bankers insisted that inflationary pressures were largely transitory. Well, here we are in 2021's final quarter, and those inflationary pressures remain firmly in place along with the global supply chain disruptions that contribute to them. America's Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell recently noted that economic shutdowns and shipping challenges continue to suppress supply in the face of strong demand, pushing inflation well above the central bank's target of 2%. Mr. Powell went on to indicate that above-average inflation will persist into next year. As indicated by the New York Times, Chairman Powell's comments line up neatly with those of Christine Lagarde, president of the European Central Bank. President Lagarde has noted that rather than easing, supply chain disruptions were actually accelerating in certain sectors. She also pointed to rising energy prices, which will impact many consumers around the world during the months to come, especially as temperatures dip in North America and in Europe. In America, consumer price inflation stood at 5.3% in August. In Europe, inflation came in at 3%, but that represents the highest reading in roughly a decade. For WIPR, and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. As indicated by writer Neil Irwin, it has long been a central tenet of mainstream economic theory that public expectations regarding inflation tend to be self-fulfilling. In other words, it has been axiomatic that if the average person expects inflation to be at a certain level going forward, then future inflation will be heavily impacted by that expectation. Let's take the following example. Say I'm in the business of baking and selling cookies. I'm striving to improve my living standards, which means that I need to raise my income by at least the pace at which prices increase. So if I expect the aggregate price level in the economy, or inflation, to rise by 3%, I need to raise the price of my cookies by at least 3% to keep up. But widely accepted economic theory has perhaps never been under so much pressure. Recently, a senior advisor at the Federal Reserve named Jeremy Rudd published a 27-page paper. It has emerged as what passes for a viral sensation among economists. Verging on blasphemous, the paper disputes the idea that people's expectations for future inflation matter much in shaping the level of inflation experienced. The Rudd paper is part of a larger phenomenon, the rethinking of core ideas regarding how the economy actually works. For WYPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu.